The College Football Experience Florida Gators 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Yes, dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash pool. Hey, this is Eric Metcalf. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. episode oh i'm excited to talk gator 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 football just watched the documentary on uh alligators attacking sharks more often than we think just to get in the mood <laughs> and uh you know look perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to my name is colby swinging database dad aka pick don d that's not a pick this is a pick he was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists and lives by his wits when dundee happened he was a superstar i'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping would have killed a normal man but nah, now that's gone the medical advice i got from that was it was like being hit by lightning pretend it never happened and get on with your life Yes, yes, yes. That's what Gator fans need to say regarding last season, perhaps, or maybe, maybe uh, two or three seasons in the past decade, maybe four, something like that. It's been a little tough sledding into the Spurrier and Meyer national championships, but I see there's a documentary coming out. <laughs> that'll make uh, him feel a lot better, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you got that. You got the doc coming, so uh, maybe that will help recruiting. We're gonna talk all about it. I'm joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh, let's get it going. All right, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Let's get it going. Yeah. Is this running back, you? Uh, it's looking like. Well, I, I don't mean, know. Neil Anderson, Emmett Smith. Uh, Fred uh, Taylor, who is currently Fred Taylor, he, did he play in the NFL or just played a couple games? Uh, yeah, it's true. Like he played four games. A couple injuries. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah. I Mark Thompson. Fred. Yeah. Oh, Mark Thompson, the USFL. Subscribe to the USFL <laughs> uh, podcast. Uh, nice plug. <laughs> uh, wasn't Travis Jervie? Uh, Travis Jervie. Yeah, he was. Go. Give it up for Travis Jervie. All right. Who is the little, uh, little, uh, no, you're thinking of Travis McGriff. Eric Rett was Eric Rett was. Uh, uh, <laughs> can you remember Travis McGriff? He's the, yeah. the greatest white college yeah. wide receiver of all. He was no, the, no, Chris. He Dor- was no Chris Doring. Yeah, but yeah, I'd say no Chris Doring. And we are, we are joined by third man in the booth. We call him the Chris Doring of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, some know him as the DFS guy. Give it up for the rooftop by PA drinking homebrew making tobacco road living. A free lock given. Former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up, Rincey Nick, in the place to be. There we go. Maybe no Ricky Pearsall either. Woo. <laughs> oh, he's throwing that. Oh, well, certainly yeah. no Ricky Pearsall. Well, I mean, we're going to get to all of that because I am intrigued on what we got here with the Gators, guys. And if you look at Billy Napier's first year, Six and seven. That yeah. you, know, you fired Dan Mullen. Uh, he made yeah. it to the SEC championship just two years ago, and six and seven. They also had some. You know, I, I actually think you can make a case, and I know Florida Gator fans will probably say, "Hey, man, what the fuck?" I thought Utah was the better team that let 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 them off the hook, and I thought South Florida pretty much had them on the ropes. Oh, they they won by three ropes. in both those games, yeah. and uh, so it could have been a lot worse. I know you still made a bowl. Even though you got demolished by the Beavers in the bowl game, um, you know Ab- the flip hole on the flip side of that coin is that if you look at who they lost to, 
They lost to a, a very solid Kentucky team that went bowling. They lost to a Tennessee squad who was very good last year. They True. lost to LSU, who won the SEC West. Georgia, who won the national championship. Florida State, who was double-digit wins. And Oregon State, who was double-digit wins. And the Vandy. only questionable loss. <laughs> the only questionable loss was Vandy. True. Very true. Most of those games, they were pretty respectable. Even the Georgia game was pretty close at halftime. But at the same time, they only had – what was South Carolina's final record? Okay, they had two wins against winning records, South Carolina and Utah. So, okay. All right, I'm buying in a little bit more. So, Napier, you know, I, I did question the hire when they first hired him. I thought it was a little little interesting. Uh, I know they have the whole NIL Jaden Rashada thing happened this offseason where they, you know, look like they stole him from Miami and then he never got the money. So now he's at Arizona State. So crazy times in Gainesville. You you think he's on the hot seat if he has another six and seven season? I mean, we've seen them pull the plug on, on Mullen after he was <laughs> a year removed from the SEC championship. That's true. That's true. So, uh, Nick, what do you think? You think Napier's on the hot seat if he goes six and seven here? I mean, I sure hope you give him three years. I think if you make a bowl game which six and seven means you're six and six and you lose a bowl game. I would hope that would at least equal a third year, but yeah, I mean, we definitely had our questions with Billy Napier. Yeah. Look, he did a great job at Louisiana, but he was only head coach for four years and that was his first head coaching job. Sunbelt West was really bad those years too. Now that's very true. Very true. And he, he did do a good job. He got the wins. But those were like close wins, a lot of close wins against questionable teams. That's all. And not only that, before he became head coach, he was only a coordinator for one or two years. Other than that, he was a position coach. So, I mean, for him to land the Florida Gator job, maybe that was a stretch. Maybe he's in over his head a bit. Patty, see your thoughts on on Billy Napier. William Napier. William one Napier is in with the Sharks in the SEC, the best of the best in the coaching ranks. Uh, You know, maybe, potentially, I would say so. Um, Although being in the SEC East may be a little bit of a break. uh, This is the last year of that. Yeah, that's true. And look, even the SEC East, Shane Beamer's proven to be pretty darn good. Obviously, uh, uh, homie in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, Clark Lee has proven to be better than him. He's 1-0 <laughs> yeah, against true. him all time. Well, here's uh, the thing. Clark Lee was in, what, year two, two. there? Yeah. So year two for Billy Napier. I think uh, you're changing systems from what Dan Mullen was doing. But regardless of whether Dan Mullen had a pretty run-happy system, it was still a much different schematic system than – what Napier's doing in, in terms of a standard uh, kind of offensive approach. So give him time to like get his pieces sure, in place. Sure, he definitely deserves time, but it just, it's going to be interesting because they lose AR-15 first-round draft pick. So that, that, you can look at that two ways. You can say, well, how the hell were you 6-7 and seven when you had a guy that was a top-15 pick or top-10 pick? At the same time, you could say, well, you know, he's, uh, he wasn't polished. They're going for the future, and, you know, we're going to be a better team without him. Maybe, maybe that both can be true. I don't, I don't know, but uh, we're going to talk all about it. I want to tell you that the uh, Florida Gators 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. You know that? They make you look good. They, they got stretch khaki shorts, and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And Bird Dog shorts do, ex- you know, they, they do the same thing as other shorts. They're just going to be shorts, but they're not made of, you know, Stiff, restricting cotton, which I think is the common thing. NC Nick, I remember one time uh, we went, uh, we were kids and we went on a hike to a waterfall uh, in, in Maryland. And, you know, I remember him saying, I'm sick of this stiff, restricting cotton on these shorts. Right. <laughs> I wish well, I that, knew bird dogs back then. I wish I knew. Them. There yeah. you go, man. And look, bird dogs, because they fixed this issue a while ago. All right. Because they got, uh, they invented cloud knit fabric. All right. As far as I'm concerned. Alexander Graham Bell can take a hike, all right, because this in- invention here of cloud knit fabric, uh, just unbelievable. It looks like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement, Patty C. It sounds like it makes you look good. It makes you feel good. What else does it do for you? Uh, it, uh, it's got anti-stink wicking fabric. I mean, <laughs> you're going to go out there and make sure you don't smell like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know what I mean? You're going you're gonna to be great. Uh, you're going to keep you cool and dry all day long. You're going to be smelling like a daisy. It's just going to be great. All right, go to birddogs.com slash pool. Enter that promo code pool, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Uh, once again, that is uh, birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can one, more, one more yeah. thing. I mean, maybe you go to a game in the swamp. It doesn't mean you have to have swamp ass. True. Hello. True. You listen to that Tom Petty music. 
right? <laughs> Third quarter, they start blasting that running down a dream or some shit like that. Right. You don't want to be smelling like like your your crash gonna sweat. That's but it doesn't have to stick in your shorts. And remember, Florida, there's a big argument here that they invented uh, they invented Gatorade. And then Nebraska's argued this. I feel like 10 different schools. But like Gatorade uh, has the, uh, the the Gators have the uh, the best claim to that well, based on the name. Uh, yeah, it's true. And BirdDogs.com, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, it's just like electrolytes in your system. Boom. All right. Just mm-hmm. wear those shorts. Uh, BirdDogs.com. Remember to uh, slash pool for the free Yeti style tumbler. All right, we are back on the college football experience. Florida Gators 2023 season preview. And just like we do each and every team, the transfer portal, such a big deal in 2023 college football. We're going to talk about what they lost first. Uh, They lost Antoine Powell, defensive end, to the Virginia Tech Hokies, Patty C. Mm. They lost wide receiver Xavier Henderson to Cincinnati, who's a projected starter. I know that one actually hurt them. They lost off at the tackle David Connor to Deion Sanders saying, we coming. Uh, they lost safety Trevez Johnson to the Missouri Tigers. Offensive lineman Ethan White to the portal. Cornerback Jordan Young to Cincinnati. Once again, another one that I think they wanted to keep. Offensive tackle Michael Tarquin to USC. Uh, getting kind of blasted in the portal. They also, uh, they also lost cornerback Corey Collier to Nebraska. Linebacker Dewan Black to the Temple Owls. Who, who, who? Uh, also, Temple got Kamar Wilcoxon, the safety. Tight end Nick Elksness to South Carolina. Disgusting. Um, defensive end Lloyd Summerall. Uh, any relation to Pat Summerall? Who knows? Uh, he is, uh, he, he, I don't think so because he's black, but it's possible. <laughs> uh, he went to South Florida. Right? Probably not. <laughs> Def- defensive lineman Jalen Lee goes to LSU. Brutal, right? Brutal. Mm-hmm. Offensive off lineman Yusef Magarbil to Colorado. Uh, safety Donovan McMillan to Pitt. I think he might be starting at Pitt. Linebacker David Reese to the Cal Golden Bears. Linebacker Chief Borders. Great name to Nebraska. Uh, running back Lorenzo Lingard, former state of Florida high school uh What's what's it called? Gatorade Player of the Year. Yeah, five uh, star. He's at Akron to Joe Moorhead. And he's been bouncing around, hasn't he? Yeah, he was at Clemson, I think, too. Or Miami De- or something. Uh, yeah, maybe that was it. Uh, Dijon De- De- Reynolds, wide receiver, went off to Pitt as well. Cornerback Avery Helm to the TCU Horn Frogs. Running back Naquan Wright to South Florida. Uh, wide receiver Trent Whitemore to UCF. Offensive tackle Joshua Braun to Arkansas. And their long snapper Marco Ortiz to Nebraska. Whew, that's a lot of that's a lot of hits. That is a lot of hits. Now let's talk about what they gained because they got linebacker uh, Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State, defensive lineman Caleb Banks to uh, from uh, from Louisville, offensive tackle Damian George from Alabama. Uh, they also landed. Um, they landed a slew of guys. Uh, Kentucky offensive tackle Kwante Kiante uh, Godwin. Also offensive lineman Micah Mazakua from Baylor. I got no idea who the how to fucking say all these names. All right. And then you got uh, defensive lineman Cameron Jackson from Memphis. Linebacker Deuce Spurlock from Michigan. Uh, safety Ronald Nunnery from Houston. Cameron Carroll, running back that uh, we're familiar with from DFS from the Tulane Green Wave, comes into town. Also off to tackle Lyndell Hudson from the airport at FIU. Safety RJ Moten from Michigan. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, it is. And that's that's their team right there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you forget? What? Oh, Graham Mertz. Graham <laughs> Mertz from Wisconsin. Yeah. How did a little I miss detail that one? there. <laughs> how did I miss that one? Uh, I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That means they lost uh, the portal then, right? We'll see. <laughs> I think they lost the portal anyway. Uh, they, they, they brought in, uh, you know, their fair share of guys, but I think the, the, the players exiting were probably a notch better than some of those guys entering the program. I think this is where, and, and there's a question marks about Mertz. Even if he gets a starting gig, what can they expect from him? So, yeah, I think this is a case where you say they lost the portal. Are you, yeah. you guys agree? Well, it's such a uh, them it's are, hard. It's hard. Yeah. No, I, I do think they, they did because when 
when I learned that, you know, Xavier Henderson starting at Cincinnati, when I learned that, uh, you know, those offensive linemen were huge hits, um, the corner that also went to Cincinnati, you know, they did take huge hits on some of those guys, Jalen Lee to LSU. So uh, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I think they've done a good job trying to catch up and get out of it. Sure. You know, so there's that. Patty C., what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, bringing in a guy like Mertz, you would think, former five-star, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, that's a pretty big get if he can perform. But like you said, we don't know what that's going to be like. Apparently, in spring ball, he wasn't you know what's, super and, sharp. And they have Jack Miller, the Ohio State transfer. But you know what's interesting is Napier's never had the statue quarterback. When he was at Louisiana, he had Levi Lewis, and he had AR-15. So I wonder if that's good or bad for him, considering uh, he hasn't necessarily had he's always had a mobile quarterback it works. almost seems like he went out and, and didn't try to attract a mobile quarterback i mean what is that like you know, ar-15 was very good at some points last year but he was also not so good at some points i wonder if this was like a calculated move to get more of a passing quarterback rather than a dual threat i don't know perhaps perhaps i mean i don't know i mean i, I there's a lot of question marks on this team coming into this uh this season and and it's going to be fascinating to watch I do see Mertz as the projected starter. Um, now, who knows if that, you know, a lot can change in August and stuff. So um, there is that. Um, ETNs, their projected running back, Ricky Pearsall, as we alluded to, uh, Arizona State transfer. Um, he is projected to be their, their lone returning receiver. And at tight end, they do have Dante Zanders back for his senior season. The offensive line, huge hits. They only bring back two on the offensive line. Now, they did bring in the Bama transfer, George, but I think that's the thing you circle as – and from what I understand, that's what everyone's been circling is, is this offensive line going to be any good? Because they lost a lot of their depth to the portal. Um, those, I think that's the red flag, quarterback and offensive line, which traditionally I feel like if you're, if you're doing this like we do for every team, <laughs> that's not a good thing when your quarterback and offensive line are the two question marks. Yeah. So not ideal. Now they are apparently leaning on the rush. They did last year. Now having a, having a guy like Richardson who can stretch the field horizontally is going to open up run lanes for your running backs that might not be as open with a complete statue back there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, apparently the offensive line was pretty highly regarded. I don't know if that's that's what I'm saying. They lost a bunch of guys to the NFL yeah. and and the portal. Like USC came in and stole their starting uh, tackle. You know what I mean? So uh, those and also, pretty- if you're looking at like sacks allowed and everything, a lot of that was also you know it, because of AR-15's mobility. True. So now that you have more of a statue quarterback back there, you might expect sacks to go up, especially with only two offensive linemen returning. Yeah, Rob Sales got his work cut out for him at the offense coordinator spot. Defensively, hold on, yeah. let's can we focus on the yeah. this offense a little bit? I think I think sure. it bears a little bit closer examination. Sure, especially at quarterback because Graham Mertz, if you look at him, his completion percentage went down every year as a starter. It hmm. went from like sixty-one to fifty-nine to fifty-seven, and his touchdown interception uh, is thirty-eight to twenty-six in his career. So. I don't know why he was a sought after transfer. I don't know why people expect him to take this starting gig and run with it. Um, if, if it's not him, though, it's Jack Miller. And Jack Miller's been in college for a couple of years now, Ohio State, Florida, but he's only attempted 36 passes in college. And the Did last not, time he last yeah. time he threw a touchdown, it was in a, a high school in Scottsdale. Yeah, he didn't look good in that in that bowl game. Remember that there, he wasn't their second string last year. Their second string was Jalen Kitna, but he was got busted for kitty porn. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they got going. Mertz is an interesting. Remember, Jack Cohn looked better at Notre Dame than he did at Wisconsin. Maybe that's Brian Kelly, or maybe that's, that's just the Wisconsin system. It's not like Wisconsin quarterbacks look good other than Russell Wilson the one year he played there. Yeah. So <laughs> one that's year fair. One year, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you got, a, you got a, a, a running system. In fact, I'm looking at it now. They were. While they were what 30, 30, uh, or 24th in the nation in rushing, they were actually eighth in yards per attempt. How much of that was AR 15? AR 15 yeah. having huge runs. Oh, I know he had like a couple, I can off the top of my head remember a few highlights of like 70 yard touchdown runs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I will say though, the backfield with ETN, 
Montrell Johnson, who was previously at Louisiana, and then Cam Carroll. It's a deep backfield. It's a deep backfield. Now, the question is, is the offensive line going to be able to open up some holes? That remains to right. be seen. Backfield um, is solid. No worries there. Receiver, you know, losing shorter and Henderson. Yeah, yeah you have the, the number one back in Pearsall. I think it'll be solid, though. And I think I think you want to watch out for a big second year from Caleb Douglas, who was a true freshman a year ago. Not he didn't. I mean, his stats from last year aren't, aren't that great, but apparently he's looking really good in, in spring ball. Overall, I think the receivers aren't great. They're probably just solid. Yeah, the offense definitely a bit of a mystery. Uh, do we want to talk any more about the offense? Because I want to shift over to the defensive side of the ball where their co-defensive coordinators, uh, Austin Armstrong and Sean Spencer, um, they got they, they got a nice little solid batch returning. I feel like the defensive line, you can say, okay, this could be a, a solid point of emphasis knowing that Cam Jackson and Justin What's that? I do have one more thing to say about this offense. I'm just like uh, <laughs> picking random stats out here for the number 36 overall offense. They were number six or 105 in, in attempts like plays, offensive plays per game uh, with only uh, 64.5. That seems pretty drastic in team in terms of yards per play uh, overall. Is that like if your offense is that reliant on the big play? Is that? It's repeatable yeah. or is this offense about to like take a moment potentially? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, they, I think that's what you get with AR 15 though. It's like boom or bust. You either get a long bomb completed or you get a big scramble for 50 yards or you get, or you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that's part of it. But overall this offense was, I think pretty average last year it was middle of the pack in the sec averaging 424 yards per game. Uh, as far as just sec rankings, passing was ninth. In the SEC, rushing was fourth. You would expect a good rushing team because the quarterback could run so well. So, uh, and they lost some talent. So, well, I think I, the offense got worse. I think, I think probably so. Now, you could say the passing might be able to improve, but the sure. offense might be worse, knowing right. that they're, they're 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 big play. You know, even if the passing improves, I think it's for sure that the rushing is going to drop because the O line has question marks, and you don't have a running quarterback anymore. Yeah, yeah. So they they return only eleven starters as a team. You know, six on offense, five on defense. As I was looking, I was getting into the defense. The defensive line seems to be probably, I think, an area that uh, they're bringing in Caleb Banks from Louisville. He's a projected starter uh, with Justin Boone and Cam Jackson. The linebacking core question marks. Um, All four starters gone at linebacker. Yeah, a lot of question marks at the linebacking core. Uh, maybe they have some young guys that can really step up and fit in the, the secondary question marks is again. I know they bring back uh, uh, Jason Marshall at the corner spot, but RJ Moten from Michigan was huge there because yeah. yeah. They, so, so also three out of four starters are gone at DB, but plug in Moten right off the bat. And it's kind of like getting at least half of your secondary back. True. True. And they, they both those Michigan guys, they got, I think could be key contributors to this team. Uh, and Cam Jackson, like I said, I'm sorry, he's coming back. No, I meant he's a transfer from Memphis, but he's a starter. Like, he's the guy who started a lot of games. So gotcha. let me correct myself before sounding like an idiot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of red flags here. Kicker and punter are back. This is a kind of a – how good were they last year? And are they going to be better? Because when I read this off, I kind of – my first thoughts are no. But – Am I crazy for that take, Patty C? Uh, are we talking defensively? or Their whole team, uh, just the offense, defense. It's year two, so that should be better. They know his system better. I think that's a bigger factor than the talent. You know, like you said, AR-15 is what he is, and everyone knows what he is, you know, and or what he was. And so uh, Mertz is kind of a known commodity at this point. Is is the offense going to be able to move? Is the defense uh, – it, the defense does seem like it's going to get a little worse, I would guess. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess a little worse. Uh, but, well, yeah, I mean, so Colby mentioned only 11 starters back, six on offense, six on defense. Uh, our guy Phil Steele ranks uh, on the experience chart. Michigan is, uh, what, 109th in the country in returning mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. uh, not – Probably not a good thing for, for an average team a year ago, but you're right. I mean, they, they do have a lot of young guys that are now year two 
in the program, and maybe they're not household names yet, but they desperately need some of those young guys to emerge quickly. It's going to be interesting to see. We're going to talk about the schedule. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Remember, subscribe, folks, wherever podcasts are found as well. Uh, please hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We're going to go game by game on the schedule. We're going to project just how Napier's year two will go. And then we're also going to be we're going to talk about the swamp. We're going to be talking about the stadium experience in a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to tell you that the Florida Gators 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, best ball mania is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Uh, yes, Underdog Pick'em is such a great way to get down on your favorite uh, MLB player props. They also have college football player props when that comes around. Uh, there's so many ways to win over an Underdog. And Underdog is available in so, so many different states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN. For a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. We are back on the college football experience. And we are, look, hopefully you're watching on YouTube. If you do, shout out to Cam Kerr, our graphics guy. Is the win total. Wow. I can't remember the last. Even when Florida had bad years under McIlwain and under Muschamp, I don't remember a win total at five and a half. That's what we're looking at here. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They have they have had some tough years in the past decade, but they came into it with still high expectations. This is this is a bit interesting because they're coming in with low expectations. It, I honestly, it, it, it's a good thing to notice here that a lot of people have Florida as like a top five or top ten hardest schedule in the country. Not well, only do you have SEC play, but you also have two Power Fives which are potential top 10 teams in the non-con. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think that's part of it. Let's get to it. Uh, Thursday, August 31st, Rice Cycle Stadium, Salt Lake City, Utah. Cameron Rising, Andy Ludwig, Kyle Whittingham, they're all back. With revenge on the mind. I got Utah winning in uh, their nine-point favorites currently, nine and a half, I believe. Uh Maybe Florida covers, but give me Utah to win in Rice-Eccles. Patty, see what are you doing here? Yeah, I got to agree with you there. I I mean, if I'm Utah, I'm, I'm spending a little time doing up-tempo uh, in, in preseason practice to get ready for this. Going up into those mountains for those Florida boys might be a little bit tough. And uh, opportune time to catch them, although I'm sure they would have liked them in the, closer to the winter, as we've talked about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, NC Nick, what are you doing here in Salt Lake City? If I'm Utah and I have a very experienced team, a, a, a starting quarterback's been there for now his third year. I mean, you just play the game from last year. And, and also, I mean, for so many new faces with Florida, it's this game doesn't mean as much to Utah because Utah lost this game at Florida. So this is a revenge game. And I think I think Utah is going to take this game extremely seriously. And Colby loves to throw that stat about SEC teams coming out west. They sometimes struggle. They often ACC struggle. Teams too. It's just an East yeah. Coast West Coast thing. Yeah. There you go. Uh, um, not to yeah, not just to, to to throw shade at the SEC, but yeah, I think th- I think this is is Utah's game, and actually, I think I'm going to pick them to cover too. I think I think it might get ugly. Call me crazy. Oh, oh. Thursday night national spotlight. Mertz on the road. Worse than those Hertz commercials with OJ, probably. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Utah. I'm sorry, but. The good news is, is you get you come back home to to, to Gainesville, and you got McNeese, the McNeese State, the Cowboys, and Joe Dumars never played football, so you don't got to worry about that happening. Uh, Great defender. Yeah, <laughs> should they needed him to play football? Probably. Uh, Patty C. He'd be a good DB. He'd be a good cornerback, wouldn't he? He would. He Dumars. Would. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could see him as a DB. lockdown. Yeah. Patty, see, you you were talking to me pre-episode about how you think McNeese could be a live dog. I'm joking. Uh, wait, what are you doing here? Uh, that, this is a win. We could skip. McNeese four and seven last year. Yeah, at the SCS of level. course. Not much of a challenge. Okay, didn't, now. Hold on. Didn't the quarterback we know just transfer there? Am I? No. I th- am I, I off here? I think you're thinking of Incarnate Word, right? Uh, potentially. Okay. Move on. Uh, but now you have the game, all right? The game that I think is a make or break game on this win total Tennessee, Florida, in the swamp. Where you know, I know Tennessee has turned a corner, it seems like they got their shit together. They have the best and one of the best, if not the best, NIL collective going. 
But man, they've gotten their ass whooped at the swamp for a long amount of time. Uh, even last year in Tennessee, it was probably closer than what it should have been, considering Tennessee was the much better team a year ago. Uh, and for my stats are correct here, they haven't won at the swamp since 2003. So that's Jeez. a little concerning. <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Tennessee's a better roster right now. I think they're a better team. I think they're probably a better coach team. But swamp is a legit home field advantage. Yeah, if they kept it this close last year and that was uh, with, uh, you know, a, a proven quarterback that was able to run that and Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton still a question mark. We'll see if he performs. But, uh, look, they were only down by 10 going into the fourth quarter last year against Florida, uh, Tennessee in uh, on Rocky Top. So, yeah, I'd say the Swamp, is a that's a big swing in terms of two different home field advantages. I'm still taking Tennessee. Still got to go Tennessee. Yeah. Right? Nick, what are you doing here? You know, the other thing that makes this schedule really hard is that this is the year where Florida is technically the home team in Jacksonville against Georgia, which mm-hmm. means they only have three home SEC games. So is- if you're going to hit an over, you better at least win two of these. But it's sorry, a huge man. game. I actually think that's the biggest game on one of the, arguably the biggest game on the schedule. But what, what, what do you got here? No, I I have to agree with you guys. I think Tennessee is just a better team right now. Until I can see Graham Mertz or Jack Miller be you know an efficient quarterback, or I, I think Florida needs them more to be more than a game manager. Florida needs a quarterback to be a difference maker, and I don't know right now if either of those guys can do it. So I'm going to take Tennessee. Yeah, so that puts us at one and two. Then Biff Pogey this comes. This is to probably town. the last time, the last time since the late '90s, if he, even you can consider that that Tennessee was the better program yeah. in Florida right at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Tennessee, you better strike while that iron's hot. Biff Pogey, he's striking with that iron's hot. He's coming in the swamp and he's taking names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlotte's going to lose to Florida, guys. Although, I, I bet you Biff Pogey can get, can get down on some fried gator tail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he belongs in Gainesville. He should be welcomed yeah. with open yeah. arms yeah. down yeah. in Gainesville. Uh, we got him two and two, correct? He's got a bunch yeah. of Jordan, I'm sure. Two and two? Two and yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then comes uh, the, the trip to Kroger Field. Blue light special in the end zone. Uh, guys, Kentucky's kind of had their number lately. Yeah, they have. It's at Kroger Field. This is So the two make-or-break games to me on this whole schedule are Tennessee and Kentucky. If they can win these games, they can have a really good year. They're like a, a step forward, in my opinion. I don't know. There are a lot of 50-50 games. I think Kentucky's better than them right now. I'm taking Kentucky to get it done. I think it's I mean, this is a one-score game, though. This is like a 50-50 game. I just feel like I trust the quarterback play at Kentucky better than Florida. I tr- I just Are think- you actually giving Devin Leary some love? It's a backwards compliment. He's better than Graham Mertz. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's not much love. It's a little yeah. bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a close game because these games – I mean, but I got to take Kentucky. I think they have a better roster right now. So – Patty, see what are you doing here? Yeah, look, I'm going to take Kentucky, but one of these 50-50 games they're going to get, so I'm going to give them the next one, um, which is only in a couple weeks from this one. But yeah, going to Lexington. What is it? A two-game win streak for? Uh, I think he's won four or five. Is that four true? or five? Hold on, let me, let me let me do the history on this. While one. you pull that up, unfortunately, I mean, I, I, or depending on where you stand, I have to agree with you guys. I, I think Kentucky has more right now. Uh, you know, both teams are losing a lot. Obviously, both quarterbacks were drafted early in the NFL draft. But three of uh, five, three of three five, five. Kentucky's won two straight. And and you know what, Stoops has brought up the the offensive line and the defensive line to to you know SEC standards. So they're not a pushover anymore. This game is at home. This game means something to Kentucky. At home, they're going to want to beat Florida, and I think yeah. they get it done again. Yeah, that game is probably still circled on uh, Kentucky's calendar. Yeah. I'm, I I got them two and three, man. These Florida fans are going to be tweeting at us, talking tons of shit. But, hey, that's the name of the game. Next up, Vanderbilt comes to town. Vanderbilt beat Florida a year ago. I got revenge on the mind of Ben Hill. Griffin Stadium, Patty C. Uh, I have to agree with you, but uh, oh, this game was only a seven-point game in Vandy last year. Uh, Nashville, yeah, revenge will probably happen here. So, what are we having, three and three? 
Three and three, Nick, you riding with the uh, I do kind of like what Clark Lee's doing there. You know, year over year, building a little bit of momentum, getting better and better and better. But come on, I mean, Dandy can can pull out some upsets at home, but on the road, you know, in the swamp, I don't think so. Give me Florida. All right, now comes a, a big one here. Uh, Saturday, October 14th, Williams-Brice Stadium, Columbia, South Carolina. Florida beat the hell out of South Carolina a year ago. Napier Napier said, uh, you know, uh, I get it. You be, Beamer ball my ass. Um, they uh, they they won by 32 against the Gamecocks a year ago. So revenge could be on the mind for Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer and company. I got South Carolina winning this. <laughs> Um, maybe we're underrating Florida. I mean, maybe, you know, it's a 50 50 game, but I feel is. Like a home team edge. I got to go with I think again between, on the road. Sorry, Patty. Go ahead. I'm just gonna, between Utah, Tennessee, Kentucky and South Carolina. I bet they get one. I bet they get one of them. So this is the one I'm going to give them. You might be right. I, all I know is that we have a very inexperienced team with question marks at quarterback and on the road in the SEC is, is no joke. So I'm going to go South Carolina. I mean, they did win at Florida last year, but they they lost all their other road games: Florida State, Vanderbilt, and uh, and uh, Tennessee. So they need to tell me that I need to know that they can win on the road. I, I'm sorry, I'm taking South Carolina. I mean, I think people are still thinking of South Carolina as like this, you know, inferior team talent wise in the SEC. They're number 21 on the uh, national composite. Florida's only number 14 uh, as of the most recent national composite ranking 2022. So, um, and if Florida has stepped back, they may be even closer than well, that. I mean, Spencer Rattler at home here, you got to favor South Carolina. I think, oh, I right? do. Yeah. But I just, I'm saying those Florida, composite ratings, do they matter as much as it used to with so many players coming and going via the portal? Well, I think they account for the portal ins and outs, but I oh, know. do they? Okay. Yeah. But, but, the, but I'm confused on that because you'll see like a, a two or three star become a four or five. Yeah. Star in that's the portal. That, yeah. Well, is that, they just basically, I guess, only when they transfer, they re-rate them as players. But do that? Yeah. Yeah. They do, they do that for the for the incoming players. So, if you don't know, Patty sees our uh, recruiting uh, expert. Well, you know what makes this national composite thing uh, tough is that you have teams with different numbers of players. You have some teams. North Carolina's got 77. Michigan's got 85. They all have the 85-man roster. So if you're talking about, oh, this team has eight less players on their roster, yeah, they're not going to have I almost think even if they're doing their best job, it's too hard to keep track yeah, of. It is too uh, hard. Like, that's why I think there's for more sure. room for, for error in this and probably why you're seeing the carnage in college football, why TCU just played in the national championship. So I've never uh, put a bunch of stock into that, and, and I think nowadays you put less than ever before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the conference composite's a new new uh, index, so I think that has, you know, they got to get that perfected. But recruiting-wise, I'll rattle it off real quick. Starting in 2029, uh, and then 9, then 12, then 18 in Napier's first recruiting cycle. Um, so that was a nice uh, 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 little step back. But then, They brought him in for recruiting, too. Right? That was the knock against Mullen. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't get it done. So, but then 14. Yeah. But now he's in this upcoming cycle, 2024. He's got him at number four. So maybe the recruiting is kicking in right now. Interesting. Well, they get a bye week on Saturday, October 21st. And, and I wonder if you have a losing season just because of recruiting now, will they stay committed? Yeah. So that's why this year's a key, critical. A key. So they get a bye week and then they go world's biggest cocktail party. Me and NC Nick have been to this fantastic event. It's great to be completely shit hammered and have a great time here. But uh, <laughs> to be fair, Georgia has a bye also. Yeah. And Georgia has a buy when they play Florida right now because Georgia's been dominant <laughs> recently. Um, oh man, you're really you're really pissing off those Gator fans. Riling huh? them up. It's man. just it is what it is right now, man. Georgia is beating everyone's ass in college football. I so, remember when Florida had won uh, 18 of 21, and it seemed like Georgia was whew. way in the backseat in this rival forever. You know, but they they have closed that gap and and surpassed Florida 100. So I got them at. Three and four, and that moves to three and five when Georgia beats him. I'm with you. I got him at four and four at this point. Okay, now you know Arkansas has never won at the swamp, even though even though you know they've been in the conference since like ninety one, even though they've only played in the swamp like four times, I feel like since ninety one, but uh they've never won in the swamp. This is a winnable game. Oh, give me give me the gators to get this one done. 
Give me the Gators to get this one Roll done. Roll my bone. Yeah. Nick. The swamp still matters. That still is yeah. a great home field environment. Arkansas lost a lot. I think Florida does get this at home. This is another desperately needed game because the last three games are tough, man. Well, yeah. The trip to Missouri is not. Uh, it's the second uh, half of a back-to-back. November 18th? It's true. Missouri's good at home. They almost beat Georgia at home last year. Yeah. On the road, Missouri's is iffy, but yeah, this late in the year at Missouri, that's not a that's not an easy road trip. You also got to wondering about not only is it cold, but the quit factor. And by the way, Florida's just six and six against Missouri all time. Wow. Since I wonder it, how many of those wins came in Columbia. Uh, you got that info? Get this, I got this right now. They have two wins in Columbia. Two of their six and uh the other four came in the swamp or bowl no, game? No, no, they played twelve times. So but they have six wins, right? Uh, yes, and uh, so pre them being in the SEC, they only played one time. So uh, since Pinkle then, probably got the better of them early on. No, they lost the last time they played. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is one and zero against Florida. He beat Dan Mullen. Actually, that's the game that got Dan Mullen fired. Ah, um, right. and then uh, in nineteen, when it was Barry Odom, Mullen won. In Florida, twenty-three or I'm sorry, in Columbia, twenty-three to six. But the previous time before that, Florida lost forty-five to sixteen. Yeah, I'm not taking them in, in Columbia. Um, and another thing is, you got to worry about the quit factor here because if you're this, you know, you play at LSU and at Missouri. I'm sorry, I got them losing both. I have to agree. Now I'm almost crazy here because I, I think they can beat Florida State. I don't think they will. I think they could though. I think they could. It's at the score. Sure. I mean, th- those last two games. Florida State just a little bit. Those last two games are winnable, but Florida State, their experience and their talent is much yeah. better yeah. than Florida number right one, now. Sorry. Number one experience coming back in college football. And back-to-back number one transfer portal years, I'm, I think, if I'm not, not mistaken. Uh, uh, Colorado's number one. Oh, Colorado. If yeah. they lose their last three, that means I have Florida going four and eight. Yeah. No, I, I have them going – Wait, I have Arkansas, Vandy, Charlotte, McNeese. Yeah, four and eight. I think five and seven is your ceiling, and the Winthos at five and a half. Chances are, we're still talking about Florida. They still have a SEC talent that roster. Maybe they win one more. Maybe it's the Kentucky game or the South Carolina game. Yeah, but, but still, they would put you at five and seven still. I'm so on the under. the under. I feel like, gosh, I just feel like they're a six and 16. They have gone under 500. A couple times last in the year. last 20 years, yeah. you know, but uh, I mean, they weren't under 500 during the regular season last year, six and six, but um, five and seven, this may be a five and seven kind of year if I'm looking at, it. but you know what? I think they're just the type of program that doesn't do it that often. I'm just going to take a flyer on the fact that, well, let me look at it. 2017 was the last time they didn't go bowling and then 2013, but prior to that, it had been. But they had Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're getting two Hall of Fame coaches. And prior to that, it had been 1979 before they hadn't gone bowling. So that's two times in the last 44 uh, years or so. So do, but, do they have the second worst quarterback or arguably the worst quarterback in the SEC East? I mean, there's, there's Missouri and Vandy. There's kind of, well, I guess Leary's probably more proven than Mertz. Mertz um, hasn't proven anything. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Leary I, I, was highly sought after by everybody. I told you the stats. Mertz hasn't proven anything. I don't know. It's just concerning. I mean, I don't know. Does he let me ask you this? If he goes five and seven or four and eight like you projected, is he fired? Dude, four and eight might be a firing. I mean, Florida's not fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best case scenario? Seven and five? I think the best case scenario is that they upset Tennessee at home. They win one of those road games at Kentucky at Vandy. That means you got one, two, three, four, five. I'm sorry. I, I meant at Kentucky or at South Carolina. Five. Beat Arkansas at home is six. And you beat either. Yeah, I think so. Seven and five is your best case scenario. I mean, I can see. They, this schedule is too tough. This is a top five toughest schedule or top ten toughest schedule in the country. It is a tough schedule, but. A lot of the SEC teams have t- uh, tough schedules. They are the number five most talented team in the conference composite. Uh, 
of the SEC, and they were number four last year. They don't play A and M, who's in the top five. So almost every team, you know, according to the talent, no, I mean, ranks, they, they whooped A and M's ass last year. They want to play A and M. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, most SEC schools do not play at Utah and 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 home versus Florida State in the non-con. That's true. That's true. I think. Yeah. That's true. Or Biff Pogey. But what I'm saying is they will be more <laughs> talented, and I think talent matters. See Texas versus Alabama last year uh, when in, in these games. Like LSU, I don't think that's a blowout, even though it's in Baton Rouge. I think Florida could very well beat LSU. Where I can, like LSU has some mastermind at the helm uh, in Brian Kelly. Uh, I think I mean, he's got a little bit better track record. Brian <laughs> Kelly has lost every fucking big game he's ever coached in. If Not Florida's... at Grand Valley State, buddy. Okay. Yeah, well. All right. He's actually got a great track record. I trust his track record better than a lot of other coaches in America. That, and in, that most of those, proud. in most of those big games, he, 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 he did not have the talent advantage. Yeah. When you're at Central Michigan and Cincinnati and Notre, or Notre Dame, Dame. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, he's losing to Toledo or like needing a miracle to beat the likes of Toledo at Notre Dame. Uh, then con- consider me not convinced on Brian Kelly being a mastermind really? coach. Yeah, I, I think, think, he's, I West think West he's a good coach. One against West in his first year. Yeah, one to know against Saban when they've had a level playing field. Fair point. Fair point. Still, still not sold. Still not sold. Sorry. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Folks, before we get out of here, I got uh, Michael Barker, a.k.a. College Football Campus Tour. If you haven't, you know, if you don't know who that is, you need to know who that is. And uh, I got to sit down with him to talk about his experiences down to Gainesville because it always seems like such a great place to go and catch a college football game, the epitome of a great college football crowd. So uh, here we go with Michael Barker in that interview. Joining us on the College Football Experience Florida Gators 2023 season preview episode is someone, uh, look, if you love college football, which I know SEC fans out there, you guys, you guys are fantastic, and you do love college football. That's why on Twitter you should be following Michael Barker, a.k.a. CFB Campus Tour, and I'm honored to have him on the show to talk about Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and the Florida Gators. How you doing, Michael? You're great. We picked a, a classic stadium to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, so tell me the history. Like, what, what, A, the history, and also what games have you been to in, in Gainesville because – I, this is bucket list to me. If you tell me I'm, if you if you've told me, hey, Colby, you're you're uh, you, you got three months left on this planet. Well, guess what? I'm going to this thing. So, uh, t- talk to me about that. So the Swamp uh, nickname obviously opened in 1930, had 21,000 seats, and over the course of the years, it's been expanded to 88,000. Uh, the record crowd was in 2015 when they played Florida State, their their main rival, and they had 91,000 people there. Uh, they have statues outside the stadium in honor of their Heisman Trophy winners, Steve Spurrier, Danny Warfel, and Tim Tebow. And over the, over a 20-year period from 1990 to 2009, they went 113 and 13 at home. <laughs> Dominant. And, you know, there's, there's a sign up in the stadium that is up against the wall, and it says, this is the swamp. And we all know that the humidity and, and at night is just a huge factor. Uh, Gus Malzahn, uh, current UCF coach, former Auburn coach, former Arkansas State coach, he said the Swamp and the Tigers and Tiger Stadium at LSU are the two loudest stadiums he's ever been to. So there's that intimidation factor. Uh, there's that history, that mystique. And uh, when Florida is rolling, nobody wants to go play there. Yeah, yeah. They also play Tom uh, Tom Petty's from Gainesville. I know they have a moment. I think maybe going into the fourth. Right, where it seems like, or maybe at halftime, I don't, I don't remember. I haven't been so, but I, I've seen it on TV where they play like a Tom Petty song, and the whole place goes crazy. I gotta get there for it. Uh, what games did you see, man? So I have a list of COVID games that I want to go back to, but during 2020, the SEC was one of the few conferences allowing fans. So I went to Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, uh, South Carolina, and Florida that year. So. You, you, there's 20% capacity. You don't get the full effect, but you are happy to, you know, have football and go to the swamp. So they played South Carolina. They won 38, 24 Kyle Trask, uh, current, uh, top contender for Tampa Bay Bucks starting job. He threw four touchdowns in the game. And, uh, there's a, the last game of the year is Florida, Florida state. And I'm seriously thinking about going back to that one, but like you, uh, yes, I've been there, but this is a huge bucket list stadium to get that full, 
88,000 crowd doing gator chomps. Uh, I want to be a part of that as well. Yeah, everything that is right about college football when those fans are doing the gator chomps and and just showing up and, and just on TV, it just looks so fantastic. Well, folks, uh, like I said, Michael goes sometimes four, five, six, seven games a week. I repeat, four, five, six, seven games a week sometimes. He is a must-follow on Twitter. I'm telling you, during the football season, some days I'll just wake up and I go, Hey, today's Wednesday. There's actual Sunbelt games on. Huh? I wonder I wonder if Michael's going to this. Right, and I, I go to his Twitter page at CFB Campus Tour, and I go, no, of course he is, right? And then the next day he's at, you know, a Mountain West game, and then he's at the Swamp on a Saturday. So, folks, give him a follow. It is a must-follow. It's educational. He does the photo of the game. He'll, you know, sometimes you get the photos of the statues of the university right outside of the stadium. So check it out. Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show. And Gator, 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 man. Yeah, absolutely. Colby, thank you. Gator, there we go. There we go, brother. Gator, 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 Patty C. I've been down there. I was I was partying with the Florida fans, man. Oh, and yeah. look, just because I'm on the under, I dig their style, man. They get after those fans, get after they are college football, man. And uh, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe NC Nick's wrong, you know? And, and uh, Patty C, you took the over, right, at the end of the day? I think I took the over at the end of the day. You think so? I don't you know. know so. I, 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 <laughs> It's it's a coin. Let's just say it's not gonna be one of your locks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really have him at five and seven, but I just think they're gonna get to six and six. Okay, so he's on the under. I think. Uh, give him a give him a follow on Twitter at Patty C eight three one, and and maybe he'll answer that. It's more, unknown. It's yeah. a mystery. I'll yeah. tell you later. All right, this fucking David Duchovny here. I'm watching the X Files over here. Uh, look, uh, folks, subscribe to the College Football Experience because we're breaking down all 133 teams, every single team in the land with the solo podcast. We do it each and every year. We've been doing this shit for years, so give us a follow, subscribe. We also host the uh, College Basketball Experience. Uh, Gator fans, Todd, you know, Todd Golden, year one, man, you know, maybe year two could be a step forward. I'll be here every night of the college basketball season, so subscribe. And, uh, you know, we also host the college baseball experience. College Gators came close to winning a natty. Hopefully that can they can uh, take it down next year. And uh, the FCS college football experience. Subscribe to all those. We come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Subscribe, tell a friend, and uh, get the SGPN app in the app store. Or Google Play Store. It's free to download. Not charging you anything. You'll get access to all of our picks, podcast content, all that good stuff. And uh, come talk college football or, or really any sport with, with us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. It's like a it's like a house party of DJs. We're just talking sports all the time, whether it's a badminton game going on in uh, Edinburgh or a, or an arm wrestling match in Tijuana. We got you covered. All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, check it out and uh, give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. That is the college football experience Twitter account. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D. Like I said, Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. Demand an answer on the over or under from him. And uh, NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore underscore NICK. Give us all a follow. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to continuing on this journey. All right. Until the next team, this is the college football experience, Florida Gator style. You better start thinking about yours, and we out of here. Run, it's you.